Welcome to Freaky Trigger, coming to you from Resonance 104.4 FM. Today, we're concerning ourselves with... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're concerning ourselves with being just a little bit hungover. Let's try that again, shall we, Magnus? <laughs> Today, we're concerning ourselves with... Surprises. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I'm Magnus Anderson. Um, uh, we're going to be discussing surprises, uh, what they are, where they are, who needs them, wants them and encourages them. Uh, what we won't be featuring today is any surprises of our own. Or will we? I can't tell you that. It's hard to tell. Why is that? I can't tell you that either. Uh, what I can tell you, though, is that today I've got with me today uh, a genuine music journalist, Hazel Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> who's surprisingly happy to be on a show like this one. Um, an expert in the avant-garde, uh, Julia D'Souza. Uh, and what's most surprising about him is that this is actually his first time on the show. And uh, uh, pushing the sliders, we've got a man with one of the best voices on radio. So pay attention, all you check-waving producers of commercial radio. Steve Hewitt. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Steve, what surprises you? What surprises me? Um, mainly that I managed to get out of bed this morning. <laughs> Or you had a heavy it, night. I, I did have rather a heavy night, but everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep telling yourself yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Hazel, what surprises you? Um, most things, uh, particularly loud noises. Okay. Uh, um, any loud noise in particular? Uh, well, generally the loud noise that occurs when I shut my front door. Uh, almost every morning. That can't be a huge surprise. I mean, you do do that Well, yourself. no, but I, I'm trying more and more techniques to shut the door uh, quieter and quieter since uh, I get up at a, frankly, ridiculous hour to go <laughs> to work, and yet every morning it slams. And everyone in your household jumps out of their skin? Um, no, I think they probably remain unconscious. I jump out <laughs> of my skin. Uh, Julia, what surprises you? Well, um... <laughs> Well, first of all, what surprised me that Steve got out of bed this morning. <laughs> 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 right here, uh, in front of me. Uh, but yeah, loud noises, uh, sporting results, and even loud noises and the silences in between them. The oh, okay, let's, let's, let's look at both those. Which, which sporting result? Uh, well, just yesterday, of course, with the uh, uh, Netherlands beating. England at cricket. Uh, and because the Netherlands didn't strike me as being one of the top cricketing nations. Uh, yes, as uh, <laughs> my brother repeatedly pointed out to me this morning. It's not proper. They do cricket, have though. a lot of good flat land to they turn do. into <laughs> cricket <laughs> pitches, though. So. And, and as we know, cricket is a, is a Belgian word, 
Oh, is yes, it? Really? yes. Oh. Um, our good friend and, and colleague um, Mark Sinker was telling me about this. There's a surprising thing for you. <laughs> that it appears likely that um, the word cricket comes from Flemish. Does it sound very Belgian? Oh, apparently they they played a ball a, a game with a bat and a ball. Oh, I'm so, bowled so over by this fat. Rather than actually invent cricket and then they, become rubbish, they invented we, cricket. We stole cricket. Uh, yes, we stole we stole cricket. Yes, we stole cricket and the name. Yes, and took credit for it. Yes, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you also said the spaces in between noises, which is kind of like the opposite of what surprises Hazel. Mm. Yes, I think. Well, especially with. It, it won't be so much on the track I chose to play, but I think, you know, it, in terms of really in between, um, what am I trying to say? Well, I, th- I guess just uh, like the sudden right silence. now, <laughs> you know, I'm we're demonstrating all, this right now. You're, you're kind of describing anticipation. I mean, we're all we're all waiting yeah. for the next next massive event to occur in this radio show, exactly. uh, which it will in, in mere seconds. Um, so, but yeah. uh, it's as if sort of a sequence of noise when they have a rhythm or an expectation to them. You're not going to be surprised by that. So it's it's maybe it's the not so much the absence of noise that you're talking about, which is the surprise itself. It, it's the it's setup. anticipation, the setup. It's um, and especially when it happens when you are, I guess, least expected, which <laughs> it's not often in classical gigs, for example, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I guess out there in the wider world when it gets let out, which Say is not a, very ma- often. a massive sound failure or something, <laughs> exactly. would uh, be quite a surprising <laughs> silence. Okay, Indeed. well, I've, I've got a, uh, a track which I'm going to play you now. It's one which, which you'll know very well. Um, but what I was thinking that you might want to think about is that uh, this, this song is so well known to us now, it's kind of part of the fabric of, of what we understand as, as being music and the background to it. It was written before all of us were born. Um, and yet, nonetheless, it was very, very surprising and influential when it came out. See what you think. Tambourine, man. And there is no place I'm going to. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. Take me on a trip. On your magic swirling ship My senses have been stripped My hands can't feel to grip My toes too numb to step Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering ready to go anywhere I'm ready for the fade into my own parade cast your 
dance and spell my way. I promise to go under it. sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. In the jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you. Genius. Uh, what keeps surprising you, Julia? Well, um, one uh, thing that I thought I was never going to be surprised by was a, a yes, politics again. <laughs> and I guess this week, you know, has thrown up those kind of circumstances where I guess six, seven cabinet members went off. So that's, I, you know, it's so obvious. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. In case you're listening to a podcast or a repeat, uh, it's the 6th of June, uh, 2009 today, and Gordon Brown is... Uh, is uh, still Prime Minister. <laughs> still Prime Minister. <laughs> or at least he was when we came into the studio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, just because uh, it's Although there was no Metro this morning. No, so yeah, it's hard <laughs> to That can't tell. be confirmed. Just, yeah. just, just because I, I hate it when other people don't back announce tracks, that track was Mr. Tambourine Man by William Shatner, by the way, just in case you were wondering. I didn't know that. That's, that's very handy. Thank you. That's quite right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, do you actually think that there, were, there was something that was absolutely un- unanticipatable un- that you just couldn't expect about, uh, about the political circumstances? Or is it that this came to a head and you were surprised by... Uh, well, just surprised, I guess, by the scale mm-hmm. of the fallout. And I guess watching... Uh, news night on the, on Wednesday and just switching it on and just seeing almost the whole world almost falling on its head because uh, they also had this uh, apparent panel that was going to look forward to the general election in a year's time and you were thinking well it could be a general election in 24 hours really. <laughs> so, I, was, I was watching um, this week um, on, on Thursday night and Andrew Ronsley was on, and apparently he's got a programme about um, <laughs> how Gordon Brown has coped with the with the economic crisis, which apparently he reckons he's now going to be editing until a, <laughs> probably during it, whilst it's on air, he'll be finishing it off. Patillo basically told him not to do it. Yes, yeah, it was it was very good. I'm so, I'm I'm mainly surprised about the fact that Mandelson appears to be in charge of everything now. He's pretty much the deputy prime minister. Isn't He's pretty he? mu- and yes, <laughs> in fact, pretty much. Well, yes, they've created a new office from first minister. Or oh no, no, no it's, it's, it's not. Not. how many people have we got left in the cabinet now? Well, we've got a full complement. I mean, I know we've acquired a <laughs> communities minister. No, there, there was Blizz. Blizz was community. Oh, was she? Yes. Oh right. I have a politics degree. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite surprising. 
<laughs> but sort of what we're saying here is that, that the news is something which can keep surprising us. So we're not expecting exactly. a form to the news, but we still get the news at a regular time every, every day. Mm. Um, and, and one of the old, uh, the old comments to make is how do they always know that there's going to be exactly 35 minutes worth of news every day to, to absorb? Are we actually saying that the news is something which is sort of manufactured to surprise us? It, it's sort of in the name, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, th- I think you could definitely say that it was something that was uh, manufactured to certainly create impact. I mean, you get the increasingly ridiculous graphics that, that <laughs> various 24-hour uh, news services and, and the various uh, terrestrial news uh, broadcasts uh, try and use to sort of spice up their news. So you get say something about cabinet ministers leaving and they'll have something where there's a whole set of tiny computer generated <laughs> men falling off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> basically what, they, what they've done the is they watched the day today and thought it was a good idea yeah. that's basically what's yeah, happened they with... say, oh people like that yes <laughs> I mean, famously and, and much as I'm loath you know, I know that we're banned from, from um researching stuff on Wikipedia this season, but um, also the, the, the second deadly sin being to um, quote stuff off QI. But um, apparently there, there was one evening where the news was only about five minutes long because there wasn't any other news. So they just put a man on playing a piano. <laughs> that was recently, was it? No, 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 no that wasn't recently. That was um, back, back in the mists of time when there wasn't very much news. No change here. Okay. Um, well, it seems to me that, that talking manufactured surprise, it, 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 you might sometimes have to manufacture an expression of surprise. So, for instance, there'd be something that you, you're well aware of uh, that uh, people actually thought that you were, you were supposed to be less aware of. And, in fact, maybe for social reasons, you, you wanted to present yourself as surprise. Um, anything like that happen to you? Um, no, I, I have... Uh, myself manufactured a surprise which uh, has uh, sort of backfired because everyone knew it was happening and uh, things but uh, I don't think so what, what was that surprise you manufactured? Um, I manufactured a crystal maze party for one of my friends um, who I carefully told uh, that we were going to the pub for his birthday um, and he went out for two hours or something and I transformed the house into the crystal maze oh well uh, done which wow. um, apparently he, he did think I might do that and wasn't impressed what? So. That, that, well, <laughs> wait a minute take a step back he, he anticipated you were going to convert your house into the crystal maze yeah ap- apparently there had been some leak in the uh, intelligence in the organisation so, yeah <laughs> but also what uh, and so when he came in and he wasn't impressed he he actually made a point of not being impressed yeah he he went and sat in another room what a miserable oh, zone so terrible yeah. behavior although he was actually sitting in the futuristic zone since i had turned his room <laughs> into that so <laughs> Which other zones did you do? Um, Aztec zone, uh, medieval <laughs> zone, and uh, industrial zone. The, Although I don't think ah, industrial... The, the, late, the later versions. No. Is that, those no, the, Oceanic the was the, oh, yes, the it was later state, yes, yes. edition, and I just couldn't find a way to turn the basement into the Titanic. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a, a real high-budget surprise, that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was quite disappointing when it when it backfired. Oh. So he was a fan of the crystal. Um, maze? No, I'm not <laughs> actually <laughs> sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you found out on, was, on basically all fronts. It, it malfunctioned, but. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Steve, have you ever surprised someone? Um, I'm trying to think if I have or not. Um, nothing immediately springs to mind. Um, I, I do think it, it is beholden on the person who's being surprised, whether they're surprised or not, to at least mm. act surprised. Yes. It does seem to be, you know, the, 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 the least one could do to... Um, like all the people Join on in. the 60 Minute Makeover and, and similar rubbish yes. housing programmes where they have to act really shocked that they've been forced to go and sit somewhere <laughs> <really> <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I heard a story from a friend uh, who is describing a forthcoming uh, proposal that, that, uh, that a gentleman was, was going to, uh, is planning to make. And he's doing this in public at a party intended solely for the purpose of this proposal. And everyone involved knows that the proposal is happening. I find it very hard to believe that the recipient of the proposal isn't going to find out in the coming year with which he's taking yes. to oh, yes. party. Yeah, a year to seem a, a, a little over-specific, um, doesn't it? It's a bit too long. Um, a surprise to be kept. Yes, absolutely. And also, also the details of this seem to involve every single party having a role to play. I won't, I won't give details just in case by some miracle the, the other listener on Freaky Trigger this week is, is the recipient <laughs> of this proposal. Uh, but it's, um, it, it struck me as, as also very, very high risk. I mean, it's one thing to feign surprise when you weren't expecting something. To be surprised with proposal, what, what's the etiquette with that? Well, I mean, you do see um, uh, YouTube is full of clips of um, young gentlemen proposing at bu- uh, basketball games, etc., etc., and the the bride-to-be running away and <laughs> screaming, basically. So I think it's, it's a very high-risk high risk strategy. And Particularly if you're asking your friends to act. Yes. Well, uh, presumably, I mean, it's, it's not only your friends, but everyone, all, you know, millions of people. Yeah. Um, if, um, if you were the recipient of a surprise proposal, any of us, Imagine a uh, gentleman that it's the 29th of February, or we're just very modern. Then what, what would the strategy be? I mean, the choice, it seems to me, to, is you either say yes, uh, meaning to marry this person, in which case everything's good and fine. But if you didn't, then your choice is surely... It depends how surprising the proposal is. <laughs> I mean, if it was, say, a long-term partner who mm. proposed to you, then you probably would say yes, unless they just really annoyed you. Um, <laughs> but if it was say a random person in the street mm-hmm. with a surprise proposal then that might be a different question or one extreme to the other yeah really well, <laughs> uh, i can i can ima- i think it's only fair actually to turn down a random proposal from someone well, in the street because yeah. they, they've got to learn their lesson really yes. but <laughs> if it's someone you like then it seems to me that your choice is to either humiliate them publicly or have a broken proposal a broken engagement on your form mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's, it's not like your permanent record <laughs> it's okay. Such, such things can you be. You don't expunged. actually have to register it on like no. Facebook. Yeah, no. broke off my Tim, you've brought a song for us. Yes, I have. Even though my name's Steve. Oh, sorry. That's okay. It's the the man is called Tim, though, so that's okay. And it is. It's an easy mistake to make. It is an easy mistake to make. Um, and next week we may be we may have lots of Tims. We may have multiple Tims next week, which could be interesting. But I'll tell you about that later. But yes, this is um, this is a, 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 another track from the sixties, and it is. Um, The genius that is Tiny Tim. The birds are coming, 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 the bir
doctor, I've got to see a doctor Cause there's something wrong with me What can it be? What can it be? I know it is a indigestion It is a indigestion It's just my poor old brain It feels so queer Since you are near, dear Ever since you told me that you love me I'm a nut, I'm a nut Ever since you said those words, sweetheart I'm a bug, I'm a bug Something's wrong with both my feet I bump into people on the street Like a fool, like a fool, like an awful fool Ever since you said you'd like to kiss me I'm a nut, I'm a nut Darling, I'm as daddy as can be oh, Can't you see? I lie awake all evening till the dog gets to peep The drunkards gave me something but I'm hanging if I can sleep Ever since you told me that you And there we are, Steve. The, lo- the lovely tiny Tim there. What, what? Tell us about that. What was it? Um, well, it, it's uh, it, it's a, the gentleman's name is Tiny Tim. Um, I believe it's from the late sixties, early seventies, and he was kind of, um, uh, I suppose the, the, the phrase to use would be like outsider art. Really, you know, he was a he wasn't part of the mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and basically, yeah, he stood there with his very high voice and his tiny little ukulele and he was a big dude and <laughs> it, um yeah it sang sound, silly songs it doesn't sound a million miles away from some other things that i've heard of the era i mean it sounds um quite similar to for instance uh i don't know lily the pink or, or yeah. In, yeah. in terms of tomber and also it struck me that it was it had a lot of the characteristics of, say a, a python-esque song and it's from that sort of era isn't it? yeah yeah i mean i think the the, the key thing was that he wasn't joking <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he actually he, thinks he's a nut. He was, he was a very, very serious dude. He, he was making serious music. It was proper serious business. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's so kind of... The old conceptual albums of Tiny Team music about them. Uh, well, it, it, I mean, a lot of it's kind of old standards, but kind of um, there's, there's a live album on Spotify that I was listening to a couple of weeks ago that I'd suggest people check out, although it, it gets a bit hard going after half an hour of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just like, you know, doing your old kind of, um, almost kind of musical sort of standards. And, um, I was yeah, going to say, it sounds a lot like kind of musical music. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was, he was uh, uh, American. Um, but yeah, it, it had that kind of variety, um, mm. carnival kind of thing to it. But yes, anyway, I thought, I was certainly surprised the first time I heard it. So I thought I'd bring it along. 
Well, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I was slightly surprised by it, but not, not hugely. I think I felt it was the kind of song which I'd expect to hear from the era of, of before when I was born. But uh, I wonder what I actually thought when I, or what I mean by I say I wasn't very surprised. What was I expecting to feel? What, what would you expect to feel when you're being surprised, Julia? I think actually it depends. I think the 15-year-old me would think, I, you know, a kind of, you know, oh, yes, I've learned something or, you know, this is something I wasn't expecting. But I think as you get older, mm-hmm. there's a kind of almost uh, numbness or even annoyance because, mm-hmm. you, you know, as you grow older, or at least as I'm growing older, I expect to know even more of everything and when you know that surprise <laughs> element comes in I don't know about this you know I should have a, a more sort of thought through reaction to everything almost so you're sort of uh, saying uh, that f- from from kickoff from when you're born everything's new and fresh and every time you open your eyes you're getting a surprise <laughs> yeah, exactly. well it's not <laughs> well so, uh, not quite like that but it, it, it you know it's you know the surprises almost get smaller and mm-hmm. you know it's a almost a double process where the surprise gets smaller, but every time you're surprised by, especially music for me, mm-hmm. I think you know actually I should have a kind of logical uh, response to this instead of a surprise. Almost there's a bit of ignorance to it. There are, this thing I don't quite know about, and I should do. So it's like you're building up a framework, and when you yeah, hear something exactly. that's new to you. After you've got that framework, it's lots in there. Whereas to begin with, it was something which you had to actually invent the framework to accommodate. Exactly. And is there a sense in which, um, when you're feeling this this surprise, there's, uh, are you kind of like blasé now? Which is there a a way in which you just accommodate new things, or are you actually sort of getting a sensation, you know, a physical one inside you? Um, it can be a physical sensation. I think, mm-hmm. especially with the music, you know, the track I'll probably play on later on there is definitely when i first heard it live there was a physical sensation through it there was a numbness or you know just those things that just took a while to process definitely so there are different ways Mm -hmm. hazel you you listen to lots of music and you uh you you have to report on it sometimes Which, which I don't think is a chore particularly, or, or is it? Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, do, you, do you sort of feel a professional obligation to either um, feel a consumer su- surprise or, or to deny it? Um, I think uh, the more you listen to music, to review it in particular, the more you kind of uh, build up first impression basically from the band name onwards. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's one of those rubbish landfill indie bands. <laughs> fire up the review generator but like because <laughs> um, you know anything that's called like the with a slightly sort of aggressive sash earthy sounding name at the moment is is gonna sound a bit like scouting for girls but uh the um uh you do occasionally get surprises um mm-hmm. there was a moment when i was listening to a song by little man tate uh i believe Hey Little Sweetie, where the first 30 seconds were completely listenable. Um, and then, of course, the vocal cut in. But um, <laughs> I mean, you, you do occasionally get uh, sort of shock moments of, uh, like the um, last Good Charlotte album. Um, Good Charlotte are, by and large, a fairly reprehensible musical force. <laughs> uh, but uh, when they brought out um, 
Keep Your Hands Off My Girl, I think it was called, um, which was a sort of uh, disco punk song, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was um, one of those awkward moments where it's it's not necessarily surprising per se, but you have to spend a while sort of re-evaluating your life uh, and your <laughs> musical <God>. values <laughs> until they fit around the fact that you actually you are going to give this five stars. Oh, I see. So it's not that the song is so profound that no. you feel that you must go out and change your job and, and uh, go no, move country no, or something. It's, it's, no, it, it, no, it's You're re-evaluating what you think of Good Charlotte when you listen yeah, to yeah, it, right? Yeah. Okay. And consequently <laughs> trying to sort of shuffle anything you've said hey, about them in the past under the rug. If a surprise that it gave it a five star yeah yeah you get sort of surprises like that equally you get um, surprises like uh, a lot of people told me I ought to listen to Maya Hirasawa uh, Mm. for uh, years and then I recently heard one of her songs and it was appalling so well maybe they wanted you to listen to an appalling song Uh, it it seems quite likely (laughs) (laughs) well I've I've got a um, a a back of an envelope sketch of what what I think sort of comprises the surprise and I think it's got sort of components to it which which need or need not not be there but they're basically I think you can either have shock which is kind of like a sudden thing a revelation which is that there's there's a bit of information that you weren't expecting which turns out to be be apparent or true and uh, also a kind of astonishment and that that doesn't have to be um, shocking it's just got to be something that you just so weren't expecting um, but I actually I put this up as a bit of a straw straw man really I'm expecting everyone to shoot it down um, what, do, you, do you think that's fair? I think that isn't um, I, I think it's quite fair <laughs> because I think it breaks down um, what people tend to think about when they think about surprises but I don't actually think that surprises per se exist because when someone actually talks about a surprise they tend to be talking about something that really isn't Oh right. Um, whereas if somebody says they were astonished then that <laughs> tends to be different or, or or if they were shocked or or there was a revelation. I mean there is a lot of sort of particularly in, in media usage of those words <laughs> that, that's fairly mm. meaningless. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I would say that the the actual word surprise is, is fairly redundant and tends to actually be used if it is being used genuinely to describe one of those three rather than I mean yeah, so you actually would get in the media especially would get really shock. Yeah. Surprise is almost quite sober and yeah. experience shock is almost an extreme of it. So whenever, you know, a new book comes out or, you know, this will be yeah. shocking or whatever. A, it never is, but, you know, it, it, it's... <laughs> but, you know, uh, that kind of thing. You never, it, you know, the kind of surprise is, uh, you know, just such a massive spectrum, really. That that this is uh, th- that's actually quite worrying. I mean, I've, I've based an entire show now off something, something which you don't think exist. exists. Yes. Well, no, I, 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 think <laughs> I think sorts of surprise exists, but to me, yeah. the word surprise. I, I mean, it's is a rarity, you know. I, and I think elements of it can exist and even coexist together. So you've got a different theory to Hazel. Hazel, you're sort of saying that it's a non-word. It's like a. It's almost like it's it's too broad a catch-all for it ever really to have a particular meaning. Mm, I think. Use uh, well, I mean, it obviously has a meaning, mm-hmm. um, and that meaning can be attributed to say shock or, or revelation or, or astonishment or, or all kinds of other um, words that could be used. That way. <laughs> uh, but I think the word surprise itself, because of the way it's used, tends mm-hmm. to be because it sounds like a weaker version of those mm-hmm. words a lot of the time, anyway. And the way it's used, I, I think it's probably one of those sort of uh, usage passing. Uh, <laughs> away sort of things uh, but 
I think it's tended to use these days to describe something that really isn't surprising at all. Like, oh, it's a surprise, Big Brother's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than it's spring. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a shocking thing to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, Jenny, you're kind of saying that, um, that culture has run out of surprises, sort of. Um, it's run out most of the time out of shocks. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think... You know, culture is such a wide thing, but such a small spectrum of it is used to get your shocks, to get your surprises from, you know, whereas I think, you know, there is so much more depth into it, but people are just looking perhaps and creaming off the surface Mm -hmm. at a very tiny spectrum of it. And they're not looking, (laughs) basically, they're not looking at surprises with enough depth. So what what they're finding is things which are just a, a one degree change from the kind of behaviour and life that they've experienced on a regular basis. Exactly, yeah, point. and labelling as a surprise or as a shock, but you know, you, you <laughs> perhaps have to go a bit deeper into it, and it's there, but yeah, oh, people right. are not going there. Not every change is a surprise. Change just happens. Yeah, yeah. Steve, are we talking nonsense? Um, uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> But that's okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's our job. Julia, you've brought in a, um, a, a track which um, we've all, none of us have listened to apart from you. Oh. And <laughs> I, I haven't heard some of the other tracks. So. Uh, uh, that, that's, that, that was kind of the plan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that yours in particular you might need to give a bit of an intro to it before we, we kick off with listening sure. to it. Yeah, um, the track is by a composer called Richard Barrett, and it, it's a peaceful. Uh, it's a solo piece for clarinet, voice, and pedal drum, and the player is required to do those things <laughs> at the same time. And uh, sorry, just what? What's a doll stain? Sorry, uh, th- th- no. th- those things. At the oh, same right. Sorry. Yeah. Th- those oh, things right, at the same time. Right, so. And uh, it's twelve minutes, but you know, three, four minutes mm-hmm. really of that. Okay. Okay. Oops, sorry about that.
So there we are. Huh? Still tootling away in the background there. Should we, should we leave it on in the background while yes. we're talking about yes, it? Yes, let's. Sure. It's, it's quite a long track, this one, I think. It's yeah. Uh, 11 or 12 minutes. What it? you go on to do is try and intersect, you know, pedal drum with more mm-hmm. playing, and then you put his voice in there, and so on mm-hmm. all three things. And so I watched this. Him, this exact same player doing in a performance about four years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think... In terms of the context of the show, uh, uh, it's kind of what, like what I was talking about earlier. It's, you know, it has perhaps, it, uh, I'd imagine perhaps bring someone who never heard this before to a show of this. And, you know, seeing them either walk out, which wouldn't be very nice, of course, mm-hmm. but that could happen, or they could be bowled over by it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but as for me, um, it was kind of used to this kind of these kind of ideas and in concerts where you know everyone is kind of used to it and don't flinch and then don't look around to each other to see what's going on um it you know it's almost as if you know you know wait a second it's almost failing in a way this kind of music what you mean that the people aren't reacting to it in in some extreme way um not even an extreme way in or different amounts of reactions to it. It, it. it isn't because, as I said, we, you know, the culture has a depth, and but all the bits are kind of separated from each other, t- utterly disconnected. And so what would this be like if it followed from, you know, an R&B track or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, uh, you know. And so there's the potential for disruption on either side, you know, a potential for shocks or a potential for revelation, a potential for surprise mm-hmm. or a potential for walking out or switching <laughs> off the radio. I, mean, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? That that I, I think the, the, the phrase that I, I want to use here is chin stroking. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that, that people will, will sit there and, and, you know, through stuff that most people mm. would, would often quite rightly consider to be unlistenable. And there's, there's, and the, I think perhaps I'd worry that the way the kind of avant-garde classical stuff has gone, mm. that people are getting away with stuff that perhaps isn't as 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 groundbreaking as it was 80, 90 years ago. That uh. it's just kind of, uh, well, yeah, here's some discordant sounds and and different things mixed together that well. perhaps. Has lost its ability to surprise. I think, actually, it, it, yes, decisions have been made where you know this stuff actually isn't really even heard of much. Mm. I think in the back, in it's kind of repressed in the background. So it, it's, for example, gone over into film quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and this is where a lot of this stuff has ended up, where you know. Actually, people will not go to concerts to this. You know, there'll be maybe 40 people, you know, and that's about it. So in film, it's where it's ended up. But again, this is where a lot of those tendencies are repressed because they soundtrack scenes of mental anguish or (laughs) psychological... Mm, They're they're sort of telling you what to think about it. Exactly. And, you know, uh, and actually I was watching... I went to screening a couple of weeks ago this... You know, French films from the 60s, and you know, where. Oh, this is a good bit, hold on. Yeah. Oh, it's gone now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> uh, but again, it, 
um, called Moria, where actually the whole soundtrack was mm-hmm. composed by this German composer Hans Werner Hanse, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know the whole thing, the plot was just scenes from daily lives, basically, and the whole soundtrack was specifically made for this. So, almost the suggestion was this could be the scene, for, this could be a music for daily lives, which mm-hmm. is almost a kind of horrific thought, but, uh, <laughs> but it, in a way, you know, the potentials there were, you know, for, it, you know, something in between, I think. So yeah, one you of the know, things you, you mentioned is that, there, that you were sort of suggesting that there was, um, uh, th- there was a dilution to the effect that this was having because the audience was, was going to it very consistently and they, were, they had been seeing this along with uh, having, having been used to performances quite like this. And then uh, on the other side you're saying that, that it's being sort of, if you like, slightly submerged be- behind other um, signals which the, the audience would, would be queuing into, so something they're seeing on a film, for instance. Exactly, yeah. Uh, well, I think, you know, filmmakers, it's almost, I think, well, I'm not too sure about the history of this, but people did think that it would soundtrack mm-hmm. state of mental anguish almost, you know, and, oh, yes, we could use this. But is, actually, is that fair? I mean, but, but, but it isn't fair at all because, again, uh, what this track shows is that at the very beginning, yes, there is that, maybe. But there was also what's surprising about this was the soberness or almost his piano play, uh, of his clarinet playing, I think. There, mm-hmm. there is a soberness to it. And, and you weren't expecting exactly, that? Exactly. Right. Uh, again, especially as it's more, you know, <laughs> he could play more effects and more shots. But now, he, as you might want to... You know, hear it or whatever. It's just very sober playing with bits of pedal drum. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, listeners might might want to know that was actually Steve coughing, not part of the music. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, Hazel, if um, you were sent to a gig by by one of the people that send you off to to gigs, uh, and they started playing this, that that would be a surprise for you, wouldn't it? Um, I don't know. If I'd heard it was already an avant-garde classical gig, then yes. If I went to say see McFly and they started playing this, <laughs> I would be quite surprised. Uh, but um, no, I mean to me, uh, almost all avant-garde classical I have heard sounds pretty much like this. Um, so uh, to me, um, as somebody like, um, I guess some of my musical interests cross over a little bit into avant-garde classical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I certainly, as as someone who comes to it fairly blind about the genre, uh, it sounds like avant-garde classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, so it's it's not per se surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which really I think the... is what Julio was saying. Yeah. But, but I think you know what what I'm sort of trying to say is you know there is a potential that yeah within itself. Yes, it won't be surprising. Things are solidified, but I think if you let it out in the world, in a way, mm-hmm. it could be. Yeah. You know, right. in unexpected so places, almost. Yeah. So we're talking Perhaps. context, really. Yeah, yeah, context very much. You know, if they started playing this in a tube station, you might be quite surprised. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I think. I mean, what what you were talking about before about um, about um, you know physical expressions of, of being surprised I think that the kind of what happens on the tubes are, are a good example of how we don't do surprise <laughs> because it doesn't matter what's happening it's eyes front 
no facial expression. Metro serves a social purpose yes, above and beyond advertising. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that if, that if a dude came onto your carriage and started playing this, you'd just, you know, everybody would ignore him. They'd be no, nothing. Would, the busker, but if this guy was a busker on the chair. No, I, I think no, I'd no, I'd even stop. No, no. <laughs> no everyone would just walk past going like, God, look at this slow walking person I'm trying to get home. <laughs> Why have these people all got wheelie bags? <laughs> oh. um, well, I'm, I'm loath to, to turn this off because I. There's, uh, there's only one actually. Oh right, okay. Um, uh, but we we should probably move on to uh, to Hazel's track. Yes. Um, I don't know. If we can do that actually because they're both on the same CD. They are both on the same <laughs> CD. <so. laughs> there's, there's there's no way out of it. We have to listen. <laughs> To the last forty seconds. Okay, maybe we don't. Shall we just go? Shall we just go straight into your track? Uh, you yes. And here we go. is not really
That was Conflict Girl by Tori Amos. Yes, yeah. Uh, now, I like that track very much. I think that Tori Amos should uh, let Kate Bush go at some point. But it, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very nice track, but it didn't strike me as a very surprising track when I listened to it. No, um, I about a week before you uh, said the topic of the show was surprises, uh, I was sitting around in my house uh, with some of my housemates, uh, sort of grumbling about... Uh, some occurrences the previous night uh, involving one of our other housemates being quite loud at 4am and uh, uh, in vengeance one of my other housemates had put Heart FM on in the kitchen <laughs> and uh, this song came on um, which was quite surprising in, of its, in and of itself not because it's not uh, a very famous and now reasonably sort of aged pop song um, such as you might expect to hear on Heart FM but aside from anything else they played the full album version which is six minutes long <laughs> uh, and also um, I suddenly remembered that the song Pretty As It Is uh, is of course actually about female circumcision <gasps> uh, which um, and I said to one of my housemates that I still find it really weird that a a song that graphic about something like that is is played on mainstream radio and has been played on mainstream radio for ten odd years or, or however long it is since Confessions of a Librarian or Tales of a Librarian or whatever album it is it's on. That is a genuine surprise to me. That that little gasp I did wasn't affected. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, it, it, it was um, uh, probably prompted by the fact that I now realise we're going to be talking about this on on the radio show or at least touching on the mm, subject. But yeah. um, it, it still was a, a you know it's very contrasting to the sense and the feel that you have of, of the song when you're listening yeah. to it. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like quite a jolly little song, and actually, the image of a cornflake girl kind of brings up. Or somebody eating cereal than than <laughs> what's really yes. quite a graphic <laughs> description, um, and I I sort of thought I wanted to play that because in contrast to say shock rock um, like mm-hmm. uh, Eminem's recent single 3AM where he's got the video that's been banned from play, being played before 11pm and it's not actually any gorier than an episode of CSI but you know um, the and people like Marilyn Manson and Kiss mm-hmm. and Ozzy Osbourne, uh, uh, sort of when he first appeared, sort of the, and Gigi Aline, who all deliberately went for a shock aspect. But he sings <laughs> like Cornflake Girl that mm-hmm. actually genuinely sort of make you feel quite shocked and uncomfortable um, when you realise sort of what it's actually about. Whereas you kind of know Marilyn Manson's probably going to sing about sex and maybe some violence and some drugs. Uh, whereas. I, I remember when um, uh, Baby Bird. Um, I think the it was You're Gorgeous was there. That, that that's a horrible song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, and it's uh, it's used as a love song and yeah. the first dance at a wedding and all that sort of thing. When you really? find yeah, uh, big, well, because I mean, you wouldn't know what it was about no. if you were just listening to the chorus and thinking, well, that was on when we first met. Well, yeah. yes, the, 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 <laughs> therefore the chorus is what it's about. <laughs> the rest of it doesn't exist. <laughs> Or the the, um, the born in the USA um, oh, um, theory. The symptom, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What is it about? Sorry, you're gorgeous. Uh, does I'm anyone want to give this sure a go? We it's, uh, can it's discuss that. Really uh, primarily so. just about um, uh, uh, an abusive relationship yeah. and stalkering, oh, oh, stalkering yeah. type things, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's it's not a romance song. It's, no, no, it's not. no. I do. I prefer the um, the your gormless version by Mark and Lard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the sim- uh, 
I guess with this speech series that people just do not listen to words at all and mm -hmm. just doesn't register and you know how much more powerful I guess the backing track is. But I, I mean, I, 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 I still don't really buy this argument. I mean, I think that mm. that if people were writing better words, then people would listen to them. <laughs> I, 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 th I think is the is the the side of the argument of this argument on which I fall rather than ah no look people aren't clever enough to listen to the words. I don't think that's the case. I think the case is write better words well hold on is it not possible that they might have been trying to slip this one under the radar they wanted to write a, a romantic sounding song and and get people to listen to it in in the wrong way and then spring it on them. yeah because i think there yeah, always that's are like the lamest joke in blaming somewhere in sure. the lyrics like with your gorgeous there's the um something like you rubbed an ice cube on my chest slapped me till it hurt or something where it's like oh hang on that's not very romantic <laughs> and uh, in, in Cornflake Girl again there's a sort of line where it, she says things are getting kind of gross and you sort of think what? Um, sort of but yeah, it all kind of um, yeah. I, I'm I'm still not entirely convinced about the idea of, of surprises in pop. I quite like the idea of sort of something that leads you in pretending to be something else, and, mm -hmm. and then because I think that's actually a, a really interesting aspect of a pop song. It's a clever trick. I mean, your gorgeous, I guess, is the you know he's clever enough to write a chorus that you know uh, gets people buying yeah. the single. Mm. I mean, you Prince know. is quite a master of. Doing that kind of thing. He'll he'll write some song like uh, Little Red Corvette. Yes, for instance, it's about which, a car. Yes, yeah, mm, obviously about a car. It's about a car. Uh, and, it's uh, half past three, and yes, it's about a car. Yes, it's about a car. <laughs> but uh, there are some possible undertones which are, are not per se about cars, which obviously I wouldn't discuss because my grandmother's listening. But, uh, <laughs> I hate his grand. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm still, I'm still not convinced about that. I, I, I dread to take the contrarian line. <laughs> on this, how dare somebody could be contrarian on, on Freaky Trigger? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I am still of the opinion that that songs are about what it sounds like they're about, and subtext and and ah, uh, no, that's not what I meant. I, I'm not. Are, are what you take them to mean? Yes, yes, and that the the, the artist has little, little. Um, say once it's released into the wild well yeah when in uh, on the website song meanings which is a glorious mine of, of finding out about humanity it's um <laughs> the question they ask at the top is not what does this song mean it says what does this song mean to you and so there's actually no point in having an argument in the in the thread that follows it because if somebody has said that this song is about something then the answer to the question is that this is what it meant to them mm. So I guess in in that respect, is it does it matter that Tori Amos's song is about something which is very very different to the beautiful noise that it's making? Um, well, no, not per se. Although as a as somebody who writes about music and tells people to think about it, um, I obviously do have a sort of slightly biased opinion on this sort of thing. Uh, but um, no, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. When I first heard the song, I was really very young. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it came out in 96 or something, when mm -hmm. I would have been about nine. Mm -hmm. So um, I had no idea what, what it was about <laughs> at all until I was about 18 when I heard it again and, and sort of twigged. But so you worked it out from the lyrics? You didn't have to be, be told? Um, no, I, th I think I did work it out from the lyrics, yeah. Um, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I did. Or at least the went and googled it or, or something later, mm -hmm. um, and 
realised it was it was probably not something completely innocent that it was about. Right. Okay. Well, um, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, I'm just going to ask each of the guests: so you, Do you have any anything surprising coming up? Any plans? Uh, well, probably I'm going to probably uh, go to the opera for the very first. <laughs> wow, time. opera! So, yeah. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to see Albenberg's Lulu. Uh, oh wow! At and the that's Royal Opera House. And is, is that going to surprise other people as well as yourself? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> and I can see them walking out. <laughs> <laughs> or are you likely to walk out from the opera when you I'll discover find... it's not avant-garde classical? Uh, it kind of is uh, well, <laughs> from yeah, 80 yeah. years ago yeah. <laughs> Steve yeah. um, I, I'm, what am I doing that's surprising I'm sure there must be something um, um, oh heck Hazel um, <laughs> um, I think I'm having a toga party in my house which uh, was quite surprising to me when I was <laughs> told this last night but, uh, <laughs> Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. I think um, uh, we've, we've just got time to wrap up now. Uh, I'll say thank you very much to uh, my guests, uh, Julia D'Souza. Thank you. Hazel Robinson. And uh, the man behind the knob, Steve Hewitt. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and uh, to play us out, here's the goodies. Goody, goody, yum, yum.